0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, where we are worshiping Jesus Christ, following our, following Jesus Christ, worshiping Jesus Christ. Yeah, we're worshiping Jesus Christ, living out God's love, and we're transforming community by the Holy Spirit. And I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. Uh, we didn't meet last week because of Hillary. There was a storm. Hillary hitting. And uh, thank God, he, I don't know, he kept us safe and he prevailed. I missed you all though. Do you miss me? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Me too. That's wonderful. Uh, today is September. Nope. October. Nope. August. <laughs> August 27th. There it is. Next week is Labor Day. It is? It's Labor Day weekend. It's also church picnic, annual church picnic right after the service. Also, um, there's all kinds of things that will tell you what's coming up on this green thing that's in your hand. This Saturday, we're going to be gathering some youth and some students and some college students and just eating some food, maybe worshiping a little bit and studying the Bible. So um, it's going to start as this kind of a student ministries, young families hangout. This Saturday at Fellowship uh, Hall. It's at 5:30, and invite anybody. Show up if you want. Bring, I don't know. Invite your ma, your pa. Our love's gonna grow. ooh uwa. That's Bob Dylan's uh, lyric. Um, anything else I'm missing? No, Philip's back. I'm glad Philip's back. My son is a lot happier not doing sound. And Philip is amazing. So, round of applause, please, for Philip. And Terry's back. Terry's going to be leading in some worship. Um, anybody's birthday today? It's your birthday today. Are you ready, Cornell? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. associate pastor of this local outpost. I'm glad you're here. You're celebrating your birthday with us. That's awesome. That's gonna bring up the room, right? A little more celebrating. That's what our lives need. Let's uh, greet each other in the name of the Lord with a holy fist bump. All right, all right. That's enough community. The community can pick up again. Well, actually, hold on to that community because it's us. Uh, As we enter into the throne room of grace And we begin this worship service. Would you please stand with me? Um, Since I didn't preach last week, the week before that, I was a little yelly. And Lloyd said, Hey, are you going to yell at us again? (laughs) And I said, I don't know. No, I don't. I think a lot of that yelling was frustration of me being a pastor for four years and me feeling defeated. Yesterday, four years and 26 days in, I felt the Spirit of God fall on me in a fresh way. And we got all kinds of people at Vanguard that are interested in not being lonely, in having some community. And um, that compounded with our youth wanting to bring camp down the hill and experience that love and that grace and that mercy. That's the heart behind this Saturday night gathering. And um, I'm here to tell you, as your shepherd, I'm thoroughly encouraged to the bottom of my soul. Um, and thank you for praying for me. I, I've, after the Yelly sermon, I heard from numerous of you, I pray for you all the time. <laughs> 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 uh, but I feel it. And I know it's true. Let's enter into this worship service anew. And our, our psalm from the lectionary is Psalm 67. And I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. Be merciful unto us and bless us. And cause his face to shine upon us. Selah. That they, that thy may be known upon the earth. Thy saving health among all nations. Let the people of PCC praise thee, O God. Let all the people in all the nations praise thee, O God. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for what you think? Joy. Joy. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Let's join the heavenly choruses. Let's join with the churches all around this land and worship the God who saves.
1: How many of you are thankful for Jason this morning? Yeah. I am 50 years old, which seems young to some of you and super old to others. But I've lived long enough to have experienced a lot of people and a lot of situations in church. I was raised, my father was a traveling revivalist, so I moved every two weeks for 16 years. And I saw all the inner workings of some of the most famous pastors. I've sat in the home of Billy Graham. I've sat in the home of Jerry Falwell, all on and on and on. And I will just say that when I see transparency and honesty and a genuine desire to be authentic and real, it is very rare. And so you're very fortunate to have a man that is shepherding you that carries those characteristics. Um, Yeah. Um, all the aforementioned people, I don't care how far you rise on the totem pole, everybody's got flaws. And, uh, any pastor that places themselves above people and acts like they don't is lying. Um, I was thinking about how love is both a lamb and a lion. And oftentimes, we, I would say probably 95% of the way Jesus is portrayed in movies and within the church is as the lamb. But we forget that love is also a lion. And that same man that is often portrayed as meek and mild, and this false idea that love is always just gentle, uh, is not true. Jesus also was known as turning over tables and driving people out of a temple with a whip, And however you want to see that illustration, I see quite literally. The only time Jesus genuinely got to a point where he took his deep passion uh, in love and enacted that in rage was within the church. Because they were conducting business instead of worship. And so whatever it is that we do with singing or speaking or anything else, I can tell you I'm flawed, everyone on the stage is flawed, and I'm sorry to have to inform you, so are you. (laughs) But what our hope is, is that when we come here, regardless of all of the acute ideological differences that may exist from pew to pew, is that we want to be receptive and aware and open to expanding within that love as a lamb and a lion, And what worship really is, is just simply saying, uh, I know that from which I come, and I want to remember that I was designed to display that light within the world and to say thank you. And so really, worship is just gratitude. And so we're going to spend some time in music for a couple minutes, and then through spoken words and prayers, just traveling through that idea. Does that sound good? Awesome.
2: Water you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you none like you into the darkness you shine out of the ashes we rise there's no one Our our God, our God, into the darkness you shine, out of the ashes we rise, there's no one like you. Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. our God our God and if our God is for us then who could ever stop us and if our God you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God. Our God. Sing it again. Our God. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome If our God is for us, then who could ever stop us. God, we lift up one song to a God, God, we lift, lift up, up one voice singing. Hallelujah. chains have been broken, eyes have been. Dry bones starting to rise. Death is defeated. We are victorious. For you are.
3: Thank you, Band. In Romans 7, Paul says, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So, a modern day 21st century translation I don't do what I know I should. Amen. Amen. I do what I know I shouldn't. Amen. And I feel crazy. If there isn't an answer, and the truth is that the sinful nature does live in each one of us, but it doesn't end there. Together, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Eternal God, our judge and redeemer, we confess that we have tried to hide from you, for we have done wrong. We have lived for ourselves and apart from you. We have turned from our neighbors and refused to bear the burdens of others. We have ignored the pain of the world and passed by the hungry, the poor, and the oppressed. In your great mercy, forgive our sins and free us from our selfishness, that we may choose your will and obey your commandments Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The sinful nature in us is not where the story ends. Because if we confess our sins, our God is so huge, and he is faithful, and he is merciful. And he is just, and he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For as far as the east is from the west, so far is he removing our transgressions from us. Amen? Amen. In Christ Jesus, we all are forgiven. Amen and amen.
0: So beautiful. I wish I was that good at anything, right? <laughs> Gosh, they're so good. It's so beautiful. Um, this is our final of the finale of the summer sermon series. And I think Amy is absolutely correct. We should have named it the Summer of Love um, instead of Shuffle Play because all the lectionary text landed us on love. And this is no different. Um, we're stating Isaiah. And anybody studied Isaiah? Amazing prophet. He's one of those guys that we can't, I can't wait to meet him when we get into the kingdom triumph and just talk to him. Because what it must have been like for him to be walking around and be seeing stuff through the Holy Spirit that was going to come true thousands of years later and then mixed in with that multiple thousands of years later. He was seeing both the first and second coming of the Messiah. And if you read the book of Isaiah, uh, I I give you a a cautionary warning. It's confusing. (laughs) It's confusing, uh, to say the least, because... Sometimes he's praying, and then sometimes he's seeing Jesus, and then sometimes he's seeing Revelation and the end of days, and it's all kind of blurred together, and it's all on this two-dimensional plane, but it's, it's wild. Anyway, a lot of people have noted there's 66 books in the Bible. Well, actually, there's 66 different little authors because the Bible is one book, but 66 books contained within the Bible, um, sixty six chapters in Isaiah. Um, most commentaries say that this marks the beginning in chapter 56 what we 're going to be studying. It marks uh, to me traditionally known as the third Isaiah, the work of the ambassador and the poet give way to the work of the preacher. So this is he 's been an ambassador he 's been a prophet. And now he's start to be giving, these are his sermons. And we're studying the first sermon, and guess what the subject is? Wow. Amy's listening. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. I love this. Um, Isaiah 56, I'm going to read the first verse, and then skip down to 6 through 8. Isaiah 56, verse 1. Thus says the Lord, Maintain justice and do what is right, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance be revealed. Skip down to verse 6. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to Him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants all who keep the sabbath and do not profane it and hold fast my covenant these i will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house shall be called house of prayer for ponta for greek all peoples. Thus says the Lord who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, speak through me. May my words be forgotten. May your words meet us this morning, and change us, encourage us, grow us, and all God's people said, the first verse that says the Lord, maintain justice and do what is right, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance be revealed. What does that tell you about his predicament? When do you ask for salvation? When you need saving. When When times are rough. He opens his sermon with, I hear all the cries of y'all. And he's talking about Israel. He's talking about his people. He says, I hear the cries of y'all, and my salvation, your salvation is near. What is the first words of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark? Repent. Believe that the Uangeliu, the gospel. The kingdom of God is near. Jesus shows up in the first red letters of the gospel of Mark and says, repent and believe the good news. And what's that good news? Salvation is here. The kingdom of God has come. Insert my numerous sermons about how we, as followers of Jesus, have kind of missed that. We think that getting into heaven is why we show up on Sunday mornings, instead of thinking getting heaven into us is why we show up on Sunday mornings. We're here this morning. Our salvation has come. His name, Jesus the Christ but not in entirety, right? Because are you still having trouble? I'm still having trouble. Maybe I'm the only one. What Isaiah isn't seeing is that Jesus steps into the foreground and comes the first time and says, I'm going to bring the kingdom. Your salvation is going to be here, but not in full. Theologians call it the here, but not yet. It's, it, for World War II, it's the difference between D-Day and V-Day. For the African-American plight, it's the difference between the Emancipation Proclamation and June 19th. Right? Is everybody following that? those illustrations? That's where we're living. And Isaiah is on the other side of that saying, please come, please come. So us, looking back at Isaiah, we're saying, yeah, amen. Uh, My salvation, it's come, like I'm saved. But we're also turning with him and saying, seriously, Lord, no, seriously, Lord, save us. (laughs) Get us out of this place. Get us to that place where we're we don't lose friends like Betty Beanston, right? Get us to that place where we're dancing on streets of gold next to fill in the person that you miss the most. I think the church does a disservice. Um, Well, not the church. I think all of culture kind of does a disservice. We picture heaven as... Um, this place where we're made to sing over and over, right? (laughs) Or we're made to, like, fill in the blank. Or you have some people that say, I'm going to be bored. What do you do for all of eternity, you know? When you read Isaiah or when you read any scriptural picture or snapshot of heaven, what is it like? Picture the best party you've ever been a part of. Picture it with the best people you've ever known, the people that you love and you thrive with. Picture that feeling of being on top of the world. You've just had your greatest victory. You've just hugged your closest friend. It's that times infinity. It's a party. It's joyful. It's, It's home. It's salvation. And we get snapshots around. Look to your right and look to your left. This is a snapshot. There's some amazing folk in here. We're all set free by the Jesus that we serve and love. We're on this train found for glory. We should start celebrating now, right? There should be a little bit more pep in our step and a little more joy. That's, that's even me. That's even me. Um, Skip down to, oh, and what, what is, notice he says, maintain justice and do what is right. And we kind of skip over the text that explains what that is. And that's twofold. And you can go back and read it. If you want to read two through five after the service sometime today, that explains how to do what is, uh, maintain justice and do what is right. But it's basically two components. Sabbath, which interesting. I preached on Sabbath four years ago. You remember my first sermon series was on the Sabbath. Sabbath, and he brings it up in our text too this morning, is maintaining justice and doing what is right. And then what does he mention? The foreigner. Do not let the... This is verse 3. Do not let the foreigner... And then he brings up eunuchs. Maintaining justice and doing what, it right, what is right is loving foreigners and loving eunuchs. Wow. Interesting, not really much preached upon. lectionary skips over it. We'll preach on it some other day. But let's get to this, this sermon that once again implores us to love. It's on repeat, but I told this sermon. I think, uh, I think I told this story the first time I preached here. Uh, August, the first Sunday of August, there was a pastor, and he, he's hired, and he gives this sermon, and it's phenomenal. Everybody's like, "That is the best preaching I have ever heard." That guy is ridiculously good. They come back the next week. It's the second week. And he preaches verbatim that same sermon again. And everybody's like, oh. oh. it was still good, you know. <laughs> we can hang in, yeah, yeah. Nobody says anything. Third week comes. He does the same exact sermon the third week. Somebody, well, several people start complaining to the elders. The elders come up to that pastor and say, hey, you're delivering the same sermon every week. And he says, when you start doing it, I'll stop saying it. <laughs> and I kind of feel like that. Except I, you guys do this. You, you guys do this. And I think Isaiah and Jesus himself would be very proud, would be very encouraged by this slice of his kingdom. The sermon is, you don't get to choose. I've said it before. I'll say it probably other times. There's, there's, a, there's a couple messages in this book that are kind of repeated. And I think the repeated, much like a parent, repeats what's really important. Seriously, take out the trash, kids. Take out the trash. Take out the trash. You know, you don't want ants. You don't want all that stuff. Scripture repeats this over and over. You didn't, you didn't have any say with God picking you and loving you. Think about it. It's true. I heard a couple of people say, can I get an amen? amen? That's a loud amen for a Presbyterian church. <laughs> I'm very proud right now. Because uh, w- who is that person that God did it? Like God loved you as is through somebody. Most of the time it's a parent. Sometimes it's just some college kid. When you're in a youth group, and this guy named Larry Skinner, he'd saw me and he I was scrawny and he just he loved me as is. He he just took me as is. I would say I was gonna be somewhere and I wouldn't show up, but he still liked me. You right? And through him liking me, I started to understand. Just a shadow of how much God loves me. And you start reading this word and you start finding out. No, he absolutely adores you. He thinks about you. He has your name tattooed on his hand. First, that's a huge hand because that's a lot of names. And second, that's a huge symbol. That's a huge sign. That's an outward symbol and seal of the truth that it's not just a passing thing. He absolutely adores each of us. Because anybody have tattoos of names of loved ones or know someone who does? My little brother has my mom's signature, Linda Sue. On and I think of that, and I think of how the God of the universe has that same thing with my name on it. Right? That's impressive. But it's not just to just bask in and say, hey, man, we're... Called by this sermon of Israel of uh, Isaiah to think of that person that there's no way that person's going to get it. There's no way that person's going to understand it. Either they hate me or they hate morality or like. I was uh, I was on a plane flight and I was actually. I'll tell I probably tell you that story some other day, um, but I was on a plane flight back interviewing for a job at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church uh, and ended up getting that job and God moved my wife and I back and we just had Zeke at that point and mainly to save my little brother from drug addiction and all this other stuff but God, like a lightning bolt worked through my wife. But I'm on a plane flight and interview goes really well. And then I get on a plane flight back and they divert us because there's a, um, there's a storm. I think we were going to fly to Colorado, but there was a storm over Colorado. So we went somewhere else in the Midwest and then flew into San Antonio because I was living in San Antonio at the time. And I'm sitting next to this person. And honestly, I didn't want to talk. You know, I, I'd used all my words in the interview process. And I was like, just leave me alone. You know, like I was thinking that in my mind, but this guy next to me, he's a talker. And I'm first going, oh my gosh. That has very little revel- relevance, but it's coming. I start talking, uh, we start talking. Find out this guy, his name is Shankowitz and they call him Shank. And he's on a plane flight, a business trip, and he's headed back to San Antonio too. Um, but we were on the next leg, we weren't in the same part of the plane. And, We didn't get to talk anymore, but he's, he's telling me his story because he finds out I'm a pastor and he starts just unloading. And my, my caution was transformed. And first of all, I noticed he cusses a lot. (laughs) This dude cusses a lot. And, uh, but he's obviously saved because he starts talking about Jesus and he's got this joy and he's all lit up. Um, he starts talking about his upbringing. He grew up in Florida, and his dad was not the nicest, kindest man. He's an alcoholic, and he would occasionally, you know, physically assault the family and stuff. So he grew up in this really rough family, and he grew up as neighbors um, to the pastor of the town, um, which it was a college town. I don't remember what college, but there's a University of. A uh, Florida university that's in this town, and Shank is telling me how um, when he was in elementary school, he beat up the pastor's kid, <laughs> and since he was a ruffian, he he didn't go lightly, um, and he he beat up this pastor's kid during the elementary school, and it might have happened. He said it may have happened once or twice. So he, he's beating up on this pastor's kid. Um, and then um, he's going to school. He goes to college. And um, he goes to college in the town. And he's going about his business. Um, and a friend of his says, Hey, uh, how about you come to church with me? And Shank goes, I'm not going to church. I beat up that that guy's kid. <laughs> and he says, seriously, come on. There's some really cute girls. Let's do this. And by the way, Shank is still cussing like crazy. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> he says, okay, I'll go. There's cute girls. I'll do it. Uh, he goes into the church and he sees the pastor. As the pastor is doing the announcements, he's staring straight at him. And Shank's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, I'm not feeling good right now. And so he sits through uh, the opening worship. And the pastor preaches the gospel message. And as, as the spirit falls, Shank just can't stop crying. He hears, God loves you. He hears, you're taken as is. He hears, you're my child. You are no longer alone. I'm sorry for your earthly father. All this stuff. And he's just, just bawling. And the pastor's kind of every once in a while just kind of looking at him and kind of glaring at him. Um, And he notices that he, st- he starts bawling. And this pastor looks and says, um, Robert Schenck Soros, or whatever, whatever, I forget his full name, but Robert Schenck, it looks like the spirit has fallen. Would you like to share with the congregation? So this guy gets up and he goes to the microphone and he starts cussing. he's like, holy, bleep, bleep, bleep. God loves me, bleep, bleep, bleep. This is amazing, bleep, bleep, bleep. He loves you, bleep, 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 bleep. And the pastor's going, oh, oh, oh. Uh, (laughs) But then uh, he says, he, he comes to an end and he goes, Shank, is that the end? And he says, yeah. And he says, Shank, you moved into that house. August 16th, 1987. And there hasn't been a day since then that I haven't prayed for you. I saw your dad beat you. I saw you going through that. A couple of times that the cops showed up, that was me. Shank, I love you. (laughs) <laughs> Shank starts cussing again <laughs> and he just starts dancing and he starts sh- realizing and and Shank, it, it, we're on a plane. <laughs> Picture that story on a plane and he's yelling these things at huge volumes and everybody on the plane's like looking around going, I'm trying to sleep here, guy. Uh, but by the end of it, I am so thoroughly encouraged and as I was prepping for this sermon, that story couldn't leave my mind. When Isaiah looks ahead and he sees us, I think he's touched down between the in-between. He's, he's not seeing heaven. I think he's seeing us. I think he's seeing the, the men and women and children that are in the kingdom of God but not yet, living out their salvation with the Spirit. I can't be certain because I know there's probably some of the future bleeding into here right now, amen? Because there's some celebrations that we can't wait for, but he sees us and he says, no, seriously, it's not just the people of God, it's the people of God plus these foreigners, and even the foreigners have foreigners, Even the foreigners have foreigners. It's on top of. It's the opposite of the scarcity model. It's the opposite of, no, no, it's mine, it's ours. No, it's not. And that's the application of this sermon. You were loved, go and love like that. Pick the hardest case you can find. Watch God do His thing. You think, no, there's no hope. That's God's favorite thing to work with hopelessness, hurt, chaos, loneliness. That's the stuff he loves to create out of. That's the stuff he loves to redeem from. So maybe I'll say this next week verbatim. (laughs) Right? I don't think I could do it, actually. I'd have to listen to it, maybe, and write it down. But you get the drift, right? We are good at loving. I'll tell you that. This congregation that God has placed me as a steward over, naturally or not naturally, supernaturally, Holy Spirit filled, loves like there's no tomorrow. I've witnessed it, I've felt it. Our words from Isaiah this morning are challenge yourself. There's someone on a regular basis that's in your path that you might even not recognize it right now. You might have to think about it for a couple days that when you see them, you say, no, that's a hopeless case. And then put yourself in the shoes of the person that loved you without abandon. What if they had thought you were a hopeless case? Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we love, help us to love. And all God's people said, let's stand and sing, all people that on earth do dwell, verses one and four. As we continue in worship, this time, the, the part where we ask you to join in the adventure financially with our tithes and our offerings. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, use these tithes, offerings, and gifts to your pleasure, to your glory, to your honor. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's sing doxa.
4: We read, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears them and delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those whose spirits are crushed. Many are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them, every one. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. And so we know that we can go before that very same God with all the concerns that are on our hearts today. Pray with me. Loving God, we offer our prayers to you as a sign of our faith in you. Through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear us when we pray to you in his name. We give you thanks that you set our feet upon solid ground and give us courage to face each new day. When we come asking, continue to receive us. When we seek guidance, help us to find your spirit. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in your presence. Remember your church in this place. Set in this community to light the way to your grace and truth. Open our eyes to see how you would have us minister to the people in this neighborhood. Be with the session and leadership as they seek to vision the future of this church. Help them to know and to do your will. Guide us all in the days ahead. Hear our prayers for this congregation. Bring to us all the things that are needed in our life as a congregation. We ask for faithful servants to do the work of this community. Teachers to bring your word to all. Funds to support the activities of the church and love that reaches out to all. We pray for this nation and the many weather-related challenges we have faced recently. We pray for those in the areas of mudslides that they may soon find their paths clear again. We pray for those in severe heat, disastrous fires, tornadoes, storms, and earthquakes. Continue to bring needed help to the people of Maui. Protect those who are weary in the struggles. Bring them relief, we pray. We revere your name, O God, and have seen your compassion in the face of Jesus Christ and how he lived among us with healing in his hands. Continue to touch with healing, the sick and weak in body, mind, or spirit. Be with those who are waiting for a diagnosis or for surgery. Be with Georgina Connery as she prepares for surgery. With Pat Leahy, Patty Ernest, Kevin, Buzz Coslin, Terry, and her daughter Amber, and others that are seeking your healing touch. Bring healing to them and all in need. Let their sickness be turned into health and their sorrow into joy. Comfort the lonely and give strength to those stressed with personal problems. May they experience your presence and feel their burden lightened. In all things, use us as instruments of your love. Comfort those who grieve, we pray. Loving God, we thank you for Betty Beanston and all she was to so many. We thank you for her life of faith. Be with her family and friends now as they grieve her loss and prepare for her service. Comfort them by your grace and through your promises. Direct us and help us, O God, that in all our works we may glorify your holy name. With courage may we proclaim your word and complete the work you have set forth for us to do. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven. Amen. And now as we sing our final hymn, we're also giving a blessing to one another. So please stand and we'll sing God be with you till we meet again.
0: to mention that you have this in your order of worship Betty Beanston celebration will be on September 9th at 10am I don't know about you but I miss her um, yeah the room's got a little less joy in it but we'll get back when we get into the kingdom triumphant together amen also next week don't forget church picnic annual church picnic don't miss out on the celebration. It's amazing. For now, receive this benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, forevermore. May it be so. Amen.